Well, God bless you. Welcome to Church on the Hill. We're so glad you're here. Um, I want you to know the presence of the Lord's here. He's so good, and you guys are such good worshipers, and I just want to encourage you. We're a worshiping church, and uh, allow yourselves to go farther. Um, it honestly doesn't have anything to do with the music we're playing. It has to do with your heart. And uh, I just want to encourage you. The Spirit of God is here, and it's not here um, just by chance. It's here because He's here to rescue you and to move in your life. And it's here. He's, this, the Spirit of God is here, and the presence of the Lord is here because He loves you. And He's been calling you. And He's been looking for you. And uh, just be encouraged. Wednesday night, we have family meals here. It's $3, but we're having breakfast for dinner again. Kind of focused on pancakes, but I was told that we will have gravy biscuit. Um, so please come out. It's a time to get to know one another. Um, it's a very great, awesome time to fellowship. Uh, I want to encourage you, if you've got kids, to bring them to our classes on Wednesday night. Uh, next Sunday, no, not next Sunday. Yeah, next Sunday, I think Elizabeth's entire third grade third and fourth grade class is getting baptized, or just about the whole, the whole class. That's what's going on on Wednesday nights, is uh, kids are getting the, the word preached, preached to them, literally from my wife. It's not preaching. It's not preaching. Um, but kids are being changed. Lives are being changed, and I just want to encourage you, just, just come. We have small groups um, those of y'all that don't like small groups, half the church hangs out in the coffee area and just fellowships with each other. It's just a great time to be around other believers and to be able to share what's going on in your life. You know, I notice what's going on when our Sunday school classes and, and even in the hallways is people are getting ministered to. And that's the whole purpose of family is to find out what's going on in, in our family and to help each other. So I want to encourage you, Wednesday night is a time for you to come to do that. It's at six o'clock. Uh, we'll be having breakfast uh, for dinner. This Saturday night is our Harvest Festival. I'm sure you saw it on the screens, but I'm going to reiterate. Um, it's from four to eight. It is family friendly. We're going to have blow-ups. We're going to have fire. We're going to have games. We're going to have food. Um, what else do we have? Music. We have a cakewalk to raise money for Avery Trace. What'd you say, Kim? Cakewalk. Chili cook-off. Uh, hayride. Um, so please, please, please encourage the people around you to come. Uh, I want to also give uh, a date a little bit in advance. The Sunday before Thanksgiving, November 19th, is going to be our church-wide family Thanksgiving meal Sunday night. I believe it's at six o'clock. I'm just going to say that now, six o'clock. And it's always a time that people bring their extended family you're all welcome, and we all want you here. That one's free. Uh, the, the Saturday night meal and uh, Harvest Fest is all free. Um, by, by you giving into this church, we are able to sow into Avery Trace, that backpack program that Justin was talking about. We're able to do these functions for, this, for our community. Um, I just want to encourage you, come out. Church is not really that much about what goes on in here. It's more about what goes on out there more about what goes on in our lives. We got to be with a family, small group last night having a bonfire, and it's just time to connect. It was literally a time to sit down, and I needed to rest. Uh, I, Pete and myself ran the haunted half yesterday, and um, I just literally about fell asleep at their bonfire. 
I want you to know, resting is spiritual. God promised rest. So I want to just encourage you, get involved. Get involved and quit waiting for somebody to help you do it. You do it. You get involved. Find a place to plug in and to be a part because you're missing out. You're missing out on what God has for you in the body of Christ. And it was God's deal. Church is God's deal. So come be a part of it. All right. We've been talking about putting down roots. I just want to dive right in. Last week, we were really focusing on trust. And what God is trying to do in you is you put down roots in Christ, as you put down roots in the church body, as you put down roots, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. You know, to really be led and guided, you have to trust those, the one that's leading you. Whenever that trust is broken, it's so hard to get back. But I want you to know that as you put down roots, God is trying to build trust in you. And what he's trying to build in you is that God is trustworthy. Every time. That's something that's hard for us to wrap our heads around because we are not trustworthy every time. So to be able to grab hold of Father God who is trustworthy every time is a little bit to take in. We're just waiting for that moment to be broken. And God won't break it. We saw last week that the key to trust is based on two things. Intimacy and dependence. Trust, church, is intimate. It takes a lot to get me to trust someone. It does not just happen. I've got to build relationship. You know, without relationship, I can't trust you. I feel like that without relationship, you can't trust me. In marriage, there has to be trust. And it doesn't just happen overnight. It has to be built. A good marriage is built. A good marriage is not bought. You've got to build it. You've got to start from the the ground zero. And so many times marriages need to go back and start at ground zero again because trust has been broken. And when trust has been broken, it's hard to build. When trust is broken, it's hard to build. And as we're building this these roots, as we're putting down roots in God, God is going to continually ask you, Do you trust me? Do you trust me? And as we're able to genuinely say, God, I trust you, roots go down a little bit farther. And when wind comes and blows, you're not going to get uprooted. Why? Because you've got roots that go down. David's journey. We've been talking about David a little bit through this this, uh, message. David's trust began to build when he was a boy while he was caring for his father's sheep. Now, if you know the story of David, we already know at this point that he is a skilled musician because he had been asked, King Saul had a demon possessing him, had a demon driving him nuts. And it was suggested to him to get somebody to play music to help him with these things that are going through his mind. I want you to know that music is therapeutic. It's therapeutic. And David was brought before the king because of his talent uh, in music. But David dedicated himself to building intimacy with God through worship. 
And we also know that he was learning dependence upon God because as he was out being the shepherd of these sheep, of the flock of his dads, he was having to fight off animals. Animals bigger than him. He fought off lions and bears in the field. And I believe that God was sowing seed in in David's heart to trust God so that when he faced Goliath, he would be able to stand. Now, when David was facing the bears and the tigers or the lions, did he know he was going to face Goliath? No, he had no idea. He had no place in front of the king. He had no place in the army of God. He had a place with the sheep. God was growing him while he was tending sheep. For what? To save the world, literally. While he was tending sheep, God was preparing him for Goliath. It says in Samuel, uh, Samuel chapter 17, uh, shoot, me and my challenging issues. I don't, I don't have this one. Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 37 says, and I quote, this is from David, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Did you hear that? I know you didn't see it. And there's such a correlation between you being able to see it and being able to even follow what I'm saying. So I'm going to say it again. The Lord, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Do you see that David approached this war with God, with the knowledge of what God does and with the knowledge and the trust of how God was faithful to help David overcome these uh, animals against him with the flock? that he was uh, over, that God was with him. And if God was with him here, why wouldn't he be with me there? So I want you to know that God was preparing David as a boy out tending sheep. Jesus himself was, uh, was tested in the same area of trust by the devil, and Jesus did not stumble blindly in the, into these tests. He prepared for them. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, prepared alone for 40 days in the wilderness by prayer and fasting. Jesus built intimacy by communing with his Father and built dependence by emptying himself of his own strength so that by the end of these 40 days, strengthening his trust in the Father, he was ready for everything that the devil threw at him. Jesus had to prepare for what the enemy was going to bring. And Satan tempted him three times. He gave him three offers saying, uh, his response to Satan's three offers were basically, I trust God and I will not mistrust him by taking matters into my own hands, trusting you, Satan, instead, or trying to test God. I will not mistrust God the Father by taking matters into my own hands, by trusting in someone other than God, or by trying to test God. 
Do you see that he put an end to that testing right away because of how he knew God the Father? If you want to build unshakable trust in God and pass these trust tests, you have to let him teach you intimacy and dependence. We come into church and we get a good word and we think, ooh, that's the one I can stand for for what I'm going through. But we are not allowing the growth process to take part during the week. Then the enemy shows up and we can't stand in front of him. We can't make it. Even though you got a good word in church, even though you got a good word in Sunday school, it's not enough. You've got to be tending sheep and face the things that you're facing and learn to trust God in those things so that when the big enemy shows up, you've got trust in God. Church, you've got to take it home. As much as I wish church was enough, church isn't enough. Church is a time to come in here and and rejoice, celebrate, worship God in a group effort. I want you to know there is power in what goes on in these walls. But your growing your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ is going to be personal to you. It's got to be done between you and Him. So many times people come in here broken and expect the church to wave a perfect wand to make everything right. It doesn't happen. Jesus is your answer. Church, I don't know, this may be sacrilegious. Please forgive me. I believe church is a byproduct of your relationship to Jesus. Not the primary part of your relationship to Jesus. Jesus and his word and his spirit in me, changing me, turning me, saving me, redeeming me, freeing me of addiction and of cussing and of all the things that I face in my life. That is what Jesus is trying to build. Then I come into this body equipped to help you. Equipped to help others, equipped to help the world. I can't help the world on my own. It takes a body. But if I break down intimately and personally with Christ, it doesn't work. You're looking for breakthrough? That breakthrough is going to become by your journey to intimately and depending upon God. Developing intimacy and dependence upon God. This church has got to change by us getting intimate and dependent. Not independent. Dependent individually. Then we come together collectively. And there's power. When we're broken intimately and dependently on God and we come together, you know what we wind up with? Dysfunction and problems. Do you know that when we're all connected intimately and dependently with God, what happens is we all start hearing the same thing. We all start hearing the same thing. Why? Because we're hearing the same spirit independently, individually, intimately. But when that's broken, Lord knows what we're hearing from. Bless you. You're welcome.
Psalm chapter 9, verse 10. Man, I am just all messed up. I don't have this one either. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Let me say it again. Those who know your name will put your, their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Knowing God's name means knowing him personally and knowing his nature. Knowing God's name means knowing him personally and knowing his nature. I want you to know there are plenty of people that know God, the name of God. They may even know a lot about him, but it's clear that they don't really know, them, know him because they do not trust him and they do not seek him. And God does not expect us to build our trust blindly without knowing his character. He doesn't expect us to build trust on just what we've heard about him. He wants to build your trust in him personally. That's the only way to have true intimacy and dependence. For you to know him personally. You can hear me talk about him. You can hear testimonies. But until you cross over to personally getting to know the Lord, your real trust isn't going to be built. You know, I can meet someone and someone can tell me how awesome they are and how talented they are and how trustworthy they are. But until I build that with them personally, I don't really have trust in them. I'm basing that on what you've told me. Then next thing you know, you get together and you find out, hey, I can't trust that dude. Or I can. Like David in the fields and Jesus in the wilderness, we must allow God to lead us to a place where we know his voice. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus told the enemy that we don't just live on bread, but on every word that proceeds from his mouth. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Not only was that true for Jesus' day as he wandered through the desert, but it is true for us today. Hearing God's voice is what brings life. When we do not hear his voice personally, we begin to starve to death. Church, it's personal. And we must begin to, to develop and live our lives so that we are tuning our ears and our hearts to his voice. He wants to us to know that he is with us and that we're going to be okay. And that his voice is going to get us through this process. Just like the situation I told y'all last week, I think it was last week about Ruth Ann and the motorcycle accident. We find ourselves overwhelmed in situations that we can't control and we can't handle. But I believe if you would just take a moment and go to the Lord, I believe that he would say to you, look at me. Do I look stressed right now? I believe our response would be, no. I don't. 
I believe his response would be, then I don't know why you're worried. When Ruth Ann made, had that wreck at five years old on a motorcycle and we were taking her to the hospital, that's what I believe the Lord was saying to me. Now, I told y'all it was phrased differently. It was, God, I'm gonna, this is a great chance for you to show me how great you are. But I believe on the same, at the same point, while I was helpless, literally hopeless, except in God, God would say, Paul, do you not think I have this? Do you not think that Ruth Ann is mine? I'm talking to God. God's saying to me, do you not think she's mine? That's mine. I know that you think that that's yours. And in some way that is yours. That's your daughter. But I created her. I love her. As much as you love her and you want this to go right, I love God the Father says, I love her. I've got her. Let me have her. You can't do anything anyway. I think God the Father would be saying to me, this is the perfect situation. I've got you right where I want you. Now, he did not place me there by hurting my daughter. But through opportunities and by challenges that we face, I want you to know you're facing challenges. And God would say, right now, if you'll let me have it, I've got it. If you will just trust me with where you are now, I'm not only going to help you with where you are now, but I'm going to prepare you for what shows up tomorrow. And when that shows up tomorrow, I'm going to be with you. And you can trust me to be with you. And if you'll let me have that tomorrow, I'm going to help you through that. But it takes personal, uh, personally knowing him. I think that what was probably so good about that moment with Ruth Ann is that when we hit these chasms in our life that we have no hope but just to jump. I, got, I can't go back. I can't really go anywhere. I've got a hurt child that could be permanently hurt for the rest of her life, and I'm hopeless. But what was able to come out of that was years of people sowing into my life. Years of my mother praying for me. Years of my relationship to my wife based, built on a foundation of God's Word and God's Spirit. That when I got to rock bottom, I had just enough trust to release it. I just, I just, I just had enough. I want you to know that if you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior, what you're facing, all you need is just enough. And you have enough. God has not led you here to say, I'm sorry, you don't have enough faith in you. I'm not going to help you right here. Nope, you have enough. But you must use it. Faith is an action. Faith is a verb. You stand here today facing challenges. You're about to have to step off. And I want you to know, if you step off by yourself, you're going to splat. But you don't have to. And where it starts is by making a decision. Jesus, my decision today is to know you intimately and to learn how to depend on you. And Father God, Jesus, I acknowledge right now, I don't know that. I am not there. But I make a commitment today to start walking there.
My commitment is to start moving in that direction. And Jesus, for what I'm facing right now, just as David was put out in the fields, I ask you to help me with the lions and the bears so that when the Goliaths show up, I can handle it. But right now, I don't need to worry about the Goliaths. I just need to worry about the lions and bears. Lions and bears are big enough for me today. Jesus would say, lions and bears, let's take on that. You got challenges, your, your relationships are breaking, your job's falling apart, your health is not looking good, your finances are in the toilet, whatever. You're facing addiction, you're, you're, you're addicted, you're addicted to uh, medicine or painkillers, you're addicted to porn, you're addicted, you're falling apart. God says, do you not think I've got it? He's asking you. Do you not think I can handle this? And I want you to know, you may even be here today and you'd say, you know what, really, I don't think he can handle it. It's okay. That's real. You know what, I've been beaten and I've been broken. I gave my heart to Jesus 10 years ago and man, it's been hell ever since. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to help, help right here. Because without this step, everything is useless. You meet us right where we are, knowing we are facing hell. You're not waiting for us to get right to meet us. You died on a cross to meet us right where we are right now. We all just bow your heads, and I just want you to be real with the, with the Lord for just a minute. If you're at that point of saying, you know what, I don't know that I believe. I want you to know that Scripture even says, Lord God, help me with my unbelief. If you've got nowhere else to turn, would you pray that with me? Lord God, help me with my unbelief. I just confess with my mouth that you are Lord of my life. And I believe you were raised from the dead. Lord God, your word says that if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that you were raised from the dead, I will be saved. And Lord God, I come back to that foundation of salvation that I had. And Lord, I have so wandered and I can't hardly even make it to even believe that you can help me. But Father, I come back to that moment. And at that moment, I believe I have enough faith for anything that I face. Your word says that your grace is sufficient for me. And that I could not be tempted more than what I can handle. The church, whether you believe me or not, that is God's word. And I believe there is enough faith in you to face what you're facing right now but you've got to surrender. You've got to give it to God. And God would say, do you not think I can handle what you have? Go ahead and respond. And it may be, I don't know. It may be, yes, God, I do believe, but I've just struggled and I just don't know how to let you have it. I want you to know God's response is, 
I can handle it. Let me have it. Confess it to me. Turn your heart to me. And I'm going to walk with you. And I'm never going to leave you. Lord God, we, we're here to be, to be real with you. Help us in our unbelief. Help us to have the strength and the courage to turn and to get to know you and to build trust in you because you make me brave. You calm the storms and the waves. Just your voice changes the atmosphere. We believe in you. We believe in you. I believe in you. Would you say that with me? I believe in you. Thank you, Lord.